bow before you, Lord, as the holy God, as the one who is righteous and holy and perfect and pure, as the one from whom all life proceeds, as the one who sits enthroned over the universe. There is no other God beside you. There is no one above you. There is only you. And we come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, by faith in what he's done for us on the cross, the victory of the resurrection, the power of the ascension, and we know that he sits at your right hand now interceding for our sins, Lord. And we thank you for that. We thank you that he presents us to you as a spotless and blemished church because of his blood. We bless your name today. And we cry, holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I've got something very exciting to announce. Uh, We're starting a series of teachings on worship this morning. We feel like worship is really such the heart of what the church is meant to do, and we find so much life in it. And uh, we're going to be bringing four messages from, uh, on the subject of worship from the scriptures for you. And uh, I really felt led of the Lord uh, not to do all the teaching, but to include some of those who are, you know, such an integral part of our worship ministry, and they live for this. And uh, Amy Dalton has been a part of our church for uh, something like 10 years, because I married them nine years ago. And, uh, and was it, is that nine years, right? 12? Oh, so like 13 years. So I married them like 12 years ago. Time sure is fun when you're having flies, said one frog to the other. And, um, and uh, you know, so they've been, she and Rob, and now their two kids have been a part of our church for a long, long time. She's been uh, part of our worship ministry for many years and one of, our, one of our key worship leaders that we share in rotation. And I'm so excited to say that she's going to bring the message this morning. Come on. All right. Well, hi, guys. This is different, right, for me and, and for you. So, um, well, I'm excited to talk to you today because I get to share my heart with you guys about something that uh, is one of my biggest passions in life, and that is worship. And um, probably some of you are saying, well, of course, it's one of your biggest passions. You're a worship leader. You kind of have to you kind of have to be like that in order to do this, right? And it's kind of true. You kind of have to be jazzed about worship and before they let you come up here and do this or else it's kind of pointless. So, um, but I'm excited to share my heart with you about worship. And when I talk about worship today, what I'm talking about is this, like the music and the words and, you know, the singing. That's what, I, that's what I'm talking about. It's true that worship is our whole lives. We should worship with our whole lives, and this is a worship service. But just for our discussion today, um, whenever I say worship, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about right here, okay? So um, when it comes to worship, I feel like people fall anywhere on a line, right? So there's the people who, when you say worship, before you can even finish the word worship, they're like, yes, Jesus! And like the Holy Spirit has come and they're gone. They're like having a moment. And you're like, where did you go? And then there's people over here on this end of the spectrum and maybe they don't um, value or appreciate the music part of the service as much. Maybe they purposefully try to come a little late um, to maybe miss the, the music part. And um, then there's everybody in the middle, you know. So these people over here, they're mad right now. They're mad. They're like, man, 
came to hear Tom and, and not the music, and here's this worship lady up here talking about music. <laughs> so, but I'm excited to share my heart with you guys. Um, you know, for the people who love music, who love the worship, who connect with God that way, I just want to encourage you guys just to, to press in more, that there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more. You are meeting God in worship. Continue to do that. Continue to turn to him in those moments and just worship him. And for the people who maybe aren't um, as excited about this part, you know, I'm, I'm, I, thank you for letting me share my heart with you today. So I, I, I really want you guys to be inspired. I want to encourage you guys um, and maybe talk about, uh, explain a little bit about what's happening up here and how this is, we're not just singing songs like this is, there's something that is happening here, okay? So, um, and I want to just invite you all in. This is what I want, you, want to do because that is one of the things that I believe about worship. I believe that worship is an invitation. Worship is an invitation, okay? So um, I want to read some scripture with you today. So if you turn in your Bibles to Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, 19 through 25, if you are newer to the Bible, it is in the New Testament, it's closer to the back, so if you want to find it that way, or um, if you have a Bible app, simply choose Hebrews, and then 10, and then verse 19. It's 2015, you guys. Bible app's on the phone. It's amazing. Word of God on your phone. So, anyway, let's read it, okay? Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Can we just take a moment? I need to pray. Dear Jesus, Jesus, I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you are here, Lord. Jesus, I just need your help. My mouth is dry. I'm a little nervous. My heart's beating a little faster. Thank you, God, for being faithful to me, for being faithful to me in my life. Thank you, Lord, for being faithful to bring words to me to say to your people, God, and I just want to get it right just want people to connect with you, Jesus. So, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you put some weight into my words that I can't put in there my own self out of my own strength. Give this time to you. Pray that your scripture will come alive in people. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let me get some water. Maybe get some chapstick. You ever just need chapstick? Yes. Amen. Can I get an amen? All right. Okay, so the book of Hebrews 
is an amazing book. If you ever want to read some Bible, I challenge you to read chapters 9, 10, 11, and 12. They're like some of my favorite chapters in the Bible. I mean, it's really meaty stuff, really rich doctrinally, and um, just really encouraging and life-giving. Okay, so let's get some context to the book of Hebrews here. Um, So the book of Hebrews is a letter that was written to a group of Hebrews. So that's kind of convenient. And uh, most likely this generation of Hebrews practiced the Levitical sacrifices at the temple in Jerusalem. So these people, um, this group of Hebrews, lived in a time after Jesus um, died and rose again and ascended into heaven. And so uh, they would they would probably have lived in Jerusalem. They probably would have gone to the temple um, because the, the theme of the temple and Levitical laws and the high priest, the holy of holies, this is a theme that kind of runs through the book of Hebrews. And so... Um, they would understand that kind of stuff. So maybe you're going, well, I don't understand that kind of stuff. And that's true, because we live in a time after Jesus, right? We live in a time after Jesus, so we wouldn't, that wouldn't really be in our culture and everything. So, but I feel like it's, it's important to kind of understand a little bit about that, just because um, it will help us have a full, fuller appreciation about what, what Jesus did for us on the cross. So just to break it down a little bit, here's what Hebrews addresses. So in the Old Testament, Israel's sin continually got in the way with fellowship with God. So the Israelites were God's chosen people. They were his chosen people, his beloved people. He loved them. He loved them. He loved them. So, but he is a holy God. He's a holy God. Holy, 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 like we sang. And the Israelites, they're sinful people. They're sinful people. So it constantly broke fellowship. So... What God did, because he wanted to be with his people, he wanted to fellowship with his people, what he did was he set up a a system of sacrifices that symbolically represented the repentance in a sinner's heart and then God's divine forgiveness, okay? And then these set of sacrifices were... Um, you would go to a temple to the Levites or the, the priests, and they would carry it out for you. So say, like, I don't know, you were, in, back in the day, you were coveting a neighbor's donkey. Say, may, maybe you killed the neighbor's donkey because you were, like, so jealous, and then you're like, oh, man, that was bad. I shouldn't have killed the neighbor's donkey. Oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry, Jesus. And so what you would do um, is you would, take, you would take a sacrifice, maybe a goat, or a lamb, or like some doves, and you would bring it to the priest, and you would, um, whatever it was according to the law, you would perform a sacrifice uh, to represent that you are sorry, and that you want to be in right standing with God again. Okay, so that's kind of what um, is happening. So God sets up this system, but the sacrifices were never ending because the people and and the priests continued to sin. So there was sacrifice after sacrifice and sacrifice and after sacrifice and doves and goats and lambs, right? So what was needed was a perfect sacrifice and a perfect priest to come and cover all sins for all time. And that, my friends, is what Jesus did. He was the perfect sacrifice, all right? So um, the, the Hebrews the, that this letter was written to, they believed that. They believed that. But 
They were under persecution. There was political stuff going on at the time, but they were under persecution by, the, by um, religious leaders, perhaps, and by people who thought, you should definitely still do these Levitical, follow these Levitical laws. You should still go to temples. You should still do these sacrifices. So they were, they were under persecution there. And so the writers of Hebrews, they were encouraging these people to know, like, because a lot of them wanted to turn back. They were like, hey, I did... I, this is too much. I didn't sign up for this. You know, this is, this is, I don't know. I don't know about all this. So the Hebrews is written to encourage people, to encourage them to continue, to go forward, to keep the faith. Um, you know, Hebrews has that wonderful passage where it says, you know, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So that's kind of the context around um, the book of Hebrews, and I believe we can gather some truths from this passage that will apply to worship today, all right? So the first truth is that worship is an invitation to be the people of God. It is an invitation to be the people of God. There are two reasons I think this invitation to be the people of God is important, and the first one is because we need each other. We need each other. And I don't mean like in a soft kumbaya, let's all like hold hands and, you know, sway around the fire. What I mean is we literally need each other. You guys, we are made for community. We cannot walk this out alone. We need each other. In verse 22, it says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. It says, let us draw near with a sincere heart, singular, one heart, one mind. Think about, again, think about the context when this letter was written, right? The, these people were under persecution. They were under persecution. So imagine, imagine yourself in that time, right? And so say your best friend over here is going, man, this is too much. I did not sign up for this. This is just, this is too much. I think I'm going to go back. I'm just going to go back and I'm going to do all the old things. And your other best friend over here is like, you know what? You know, uh, there was nothing wrong with doing all the Levitical laws. It's cool. I think, you know, I gave Jesus, this Jesus thing a try, and I think I'm going to go back. What is that going to make you do? That's going to make you second guess, probably second guess, and think about and rethink this whole Jesus thing. But what if your best friend was like, yes, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. I don't care if they're threatening my livelihood or, or my family. I'm, it's worth it. I'm going to follow Jesus. And your other best friend over here is going, yes, Jesus, you are the perfect sacrifice. I believe you are the perfect sacrifice. What is that most likely going to make you do? That's going to encourage you to go, yes, okay, I can do this. So we need each other. We need each other, okay? And worship is the invitation to be the people of God. All right. So I want you to do something. I want you to look around. Go ahead. I'll wait here. Look around. Don't be afraid to make eye contact. It's not that scary. Just wave. Wave if you catch somebody's eye. So these are your brothers and sisters in Christ. They, we need each other. And it may sound really weird, but they need you to worship. They need you to engage with Jesus in the moment through music. They need you to do that. I know that's, that may sound like a really strange thing, but here's the reason why. When, we're not just 
This is not just a cover band. We're not just singing songs up here just to sing songs. When we are worshiping, we are actually doing something. We are inviting the Holy Spirit. We are worshiping the God of the universe. We are joining with the angels in heaven singing, holy, holy, holy. We are actually doing something. And when you're standing there and when we're singing together, you know, if somebody is sensing that you are engaging with the Lord, that is going to encourage them to do that as well. And why is it important to, do, to engage with the Lord? Because this is life. This is, there is so much life with Jesus. This, there's a tangible reality to the kingdom of God that is happening when we worship. So we need each other. You, your brothers and sisters in Christ need you to worship. Heck, I need you to worship. Sometimes I'm having an off day. I got two kids. One of them still is not sleeping through the night. And sometimes I am tired. And sometimes I'm just like, God, I don't know. I'm not feeling it. And then we start worship, and I see. I see that one guy or the several people who have their hands up in the air, and they're engaging, and I can sense their hearts, and I say, yes, I'm following that guy. I'm following that guy into the throne room. So we need each other to worship. That's so important. The second reason I think it's important to realize that worship is an invitation to be the people of God is because there are so many things that divide us, right? Worship covers our differences. There are so many things that divide us um, outside of the core message of salvation. That's what I'm talking about here. Even in, in the big church, in, in the World Church, capital C, there are things that cause us to meet in different buildings, whether you know, we have a band or whether we have a choir, if we sing contemporary music or if we sing hymns or if our pastor wears robes or wears jeans or has a hipster mohawk or whatever. There are things that cause us to meet in different bu buildings, right? And even among ourselves, there, there, there are topics that are, we are passionate about that we want to talk about, like the end times. Are we premillennial or postmillennial? I, I still don't know. I don't still I don't know what that means. And then there's a create creation. Is are we are we like do we believe in the new earth or the old earth? And even recently in the news, would we bake a cake for people who have different beliefs from us? Right. So we all fall on different sides of these topics that we talk about. And I'm not saying it's not good to talk about these things. It is good to read the scripture, to discuss, to get together, to see what God says about certain things. It is good to discuss. But only if those conversations are productive and end in mutual love and respect and understanding. And most of the times... Well, some of the time it doesn't, right? Or even if, it, if we're cool with each other, we get all riled up, right? Get all, I can't believe they think that way. So worship, what we do here when we come together as the people of God, that covers all of that stuff. That covers all of that stuff. Because no matter what our opinions are, I think I know for a fact that we all love Jesus. And that... The people of God, as the people of God, we can come together and we can sing with conviction, amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now. 
the people of God. There's something that happens when we worship with one heart, one mind, and worship is an invitation to be the people of God. And I've seen it happen here, you know. I've seen it happen where, you know, you all, you, all of us are worshiping with one heart, and it's beautiful, really. It's beautiful, and I don't mean that in a soft way. I mean it in an epic, alive, life-giving, encouraging way. It is beautiful. So worship is an invitation to be the people of God. Worship is also an invitation to do something, a call to action to do something. So you might be asking, well, what is that something we're called to do then? And I think it's uh, one of two things. It's either an invitation to do something we can't see, something unseen, or it's an invitation to do something we can see, something seen. And sometimes when we accept the invitation to do something we can't see, it ends in accepting the invitation to do something we can see. Everyone thoroughly confused? All right, well, let's move on. So remember, we talked about the system of sacrifices that God set up for the Israelites. So, you know, you feel repentant in your heart. You want forgiveness from the Lord, but that doesn't end there. God invites you to repent, but then he also invites you to do a thing, to go to the temple, to bring a dove, to bring a sacrifice. So it's the same thing now. And I probably, I already probably know what you're thinking. But what if Jesus makes me raise my hands or something? Like, I don't want people to see me get all worked up. So, story time. I um, have not always been this excited about worship. My husband and I, we both grew up in church, so we, we, we had a saving knowledge of Jesus. But we, you know, you grow up and you're kind of like, I don't need that anymore. But right before we were going to get married, we said, let's, let's, let's go back to church. Let's find a church. We were looking for a church, but what we were really looking for was Jesus. And um, long story short, we ended up here, and I was like, oh, I've heard about this kind of church where they raise their hands and they close their eyes and everyone's getting excited. I, I was a skeptic. I was like, I've, I've heard about these kind of churches. There's some emotional manipulation going on, I'm pretty sure. But we kept coming back because, despite what I thought in my brain, I could feel that something was going on. There was something happening here. And I'm like, what is happening? And the more we came and the more that I was engaging in worship, the more that I was feeling the Holy Spirit in worship, um, the more I wanted to do something. I wanted to do something. And I was like, what is happening to me? And little did I know, it's not something that was happening to me, but it was someone that was happening to me. Jesus was inviting me in. He was, he was inviting me into his life. He was saying, hey, Imi, I love you. I'm so glad to see you. I haven't seen you in a long time. Like, you, I'm inviting you to healing. There's some healing you need. I've seen you lived a lot of life already, and there's, there's some things we need to talk about. It's probably going to be hard conversations, but, but it's going to be good in the end. And he was inviting me to life. He was inviting me to turn my heart to something unseen, and it was made, made me want to do something that people could see. So um, here's, here's what I did. So pretend like this is the, 
the chair, like, so you're standing and this is a row in front of you. So I, I would feel it and I would like rest my hands on the, on the row in front of me. Because I guess my thinking was, you know, if my husband looked over at me or like if we had family members come, they would just be like, oh, that's normal. Her hands are just tired. She's just, she just resting her hands. Because that's totally normal. That's a totally normal way to rest your hands when your hands are tired. So, but I, I explain that point. I tell that story to make the point that, um, you know, Sometimes responding to God inside can cause you to do something outside. And that's why people, you see some people raise their hands or bow their heads. So, um, I once saw a, I once read this scientific study that was done by a university. And I don't remember what university is. I tried to find the article for this message, but I don't know. The worldwide interwebs would not give it up to me. But I remember reading it, and it said, they did this study, and in it, um, they concluded that if you are feeling less than confident, if you're feeling less than confident, maybe perhaps before a job interview or before a social event or something like that, or if you're depressed or you just feel like you're not on top of your game in life, they, they, they concluded that if you just raise your hands in victory, for like, just walk around your house and do this for like two minutes. It will actually boost your emotional health. You'll feel better. Now, if I read this when I was still very skeptical, I would have said, see, right there, emotional manipulation. I knew it. They're trying to get me to raise my hands so that I can feel good, so I can continue to raise my hands. But now I see it as God's providence as his grace, and listen, his infinite wisdom that he would invite everyone into worship to feel something in their hearts, that he would engage with our hearts, that he would cause our hearts to burn and our spirits to rise in a place unseen, and that it might cause us to do something really scary and, and cause us to, in, to accept the invitation to do something that is seen and raise our hands, and in doing so, we can experience emotional healing. I mean, God thinks of everything, right? So you guys, worship is not a spectator sport. At the end of the service, when we end with music and Pastor Tom comes up and says, you know, let's see what God wants to do today, it's not an invitation to spectate. It's not an invitation to go, hmm, I wonder what interesting thing is going to happen to do happen today. You know, it's not an invitation to spectate. It's an invitation to participate. It is an invitation to ask God what is happening here today and how can I be a part of it? How do you want me to respond? So worship is an invitation to do something. The last thing I want to talk to you about today is how worship is an invitation into the kingdom of God. All right, so remember in the beginning when we talked about the temple and the system of sacrifices God set up for the Israelites. So um, in the Jewish temple, there was a place in the back called the Holy of Holies, and it was, it was curtained off, it was sectioned off by a curtain, a floor to ceiling curtain. And in the Holy of Holies was the Ark of the Covenant that housed the presence of God. And once a year, the high priest, the head priest guy, would go in to the Holy of Holies and atone for the, for the sins of the people that maybe they didn't 
they didn't catch or something like that with the, the rest of the sacrifices. And so uh, that's who would go in, and only the high priest, and only once a year. Like, no regular people like us, we wouldn't be allowed to go in. So when Jesus breathed his last breath on the cross, and he cried, it is finished, and he gave up his breath, Matthew 27.1 says, At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. When Jesus died on the cross and his body was broken, his blood was spilled out for us, the veil was torn in two. Do you understand what that means? So symbolically, there's this curtain that's separating us from God, from the presence of God. And when Jesus came, the the thing fell. There's no more curtain. And Jesus is the, is the perfect sacrifice and the perfect high priest. And he's saying, come on in. Come on in. Come on in, you guys. Holy of holies. That's what it says. That's what it means here in Hebrews 10 when it talks about in the beginning of our passage where it says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain that is his body, since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith. That's what he's talking about, the curtain and all, and all, and all those things. So King Jesus is inviting you into the kingdom. If you guys don't get anything that I've said today, this is the thing that I want you to take home. That worship is an invitation into the kingdom of God. And all that means, the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is now. It is for us. All the love, all the power, all that means for our lives. I know this might seem like a far-fetched idea. I get that. The reality of life can be so real sometimes. You know, my, my, my day job is stay-at-home mom, and nothing makes the world more real than cleaning actual poop off of actual human beings. <laughs> so I have two kids, two children under three. My oldest is potty training, so there are some poop situations, and nothing makes the world more real. So I get that. I, I get that maybe some of you are like, okay, well, I got my boss breathing down my neck. I've got bills that I got to pay. I'm so stressed out of my mind. My marriage isn't so great. Like, we're not going to get a divorce, but it's not so hot. You know, maybe some of you, you know, there's things in your life that you've just got going on, and here's this lady up here saying, sing some songs, and it's going to be okay. So I get how this kind of can seem a little far-fetched, but listen, you guys. Jesus is holding the door open, saying the Holy of Holies, the God that wanted to be with his people, says, come, come on, right? So say you're waiting for tickets for a sporting event, or like it's Black Friday, and you're waiting for the doors to get open, you know, so there's, there's a line, right? And then there's a door. And then you can't go in, and 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 you still can't go in. And then they open the door, and everyone's like, yes! What do people do? Do people go, all right, that was great, let's go home. 
No, they rush the doors. They rush the doors, and that is exactly what is happening here. Jesus is saying, come closer, come closer. Rush the gates of heaven, rush the gates of heaven. Enter into the holy of holies, enter into my presence. You know, if you have things going on in your life, the more you need the kingdom of God in your life, the reality of the kingdom of God. There is a reality in the kingdom of God. In Isaiah, when Isaiah was transported into heaven, the prophet Isaiah Um, Let me just read it real quick because it's really good. It says, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were two seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, the whole earth is filled with his glory. The whole earth. Do you realize that worship is going on right now? Worship is literally going on right now. And what we do here is an invitation to join with the angels in heaven, to cry holy, to join the kingdom of God, to enter into the kingdom of God and all that means for our lives. All right, so maybe some of you are saying, so what do I do then? How do I accept this invitation? How do I accept this invitation? Well, first of all, if you don't know Jesus personally, you believe. You have faith that there was this man named Jesus, that he was fully God, fully man, that he died for our sins, And he rose again, and then he's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, going, come on, guys, come on, it's all here. If you do know Jesus, what you do is you bring your faith into this moment. Hebrews 10, 22, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith. You know, when my my son comes up to me and he asks for a hug, no matter what I'm doing, I stop. And I give that little boy a hug. So I turn to him in that moment. And in faith, accept his invitation that he wants to hug me. And that's all we're doing here. When the music is going, turn your hearts. Turn your hearts. Turn your hearts. Think on God. Think on God. That's all we're doing. And then that's literally it. And then we just see what happens. All right? So listen, guys. So no one, no one is here to manipulate your emotions. Like I'm, No one's interested in that. No one's interested in conjuring up emotions and feelings. You know, you just want something authentic. I'm not saying there's a right way, the wrong way to look when you worship. All I'm saying is to turn your hearts towards God and accept the invitation. pray. Jesus. So I think I said everything you wanted me to say. I don't know what else you want to do in this moment. So we invite you, Holy Spirit. Invite you, Holy Spirit. 
God, I pray that you are stirring people's hearts right now. God, I pray that the reality of the kingdom of heaven, the reality that you are inviting them in, that you're inviting them in in a moment, I pray that that will be heavy on their hearts and that you will cause people to worship you, Jesus. Worship you, Jesus. Worship you, Jesus. You are holy. You are holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. The whole earth is filled with his glory. I think it's interesting that the angels in heaven were talking about the earth. They're in heaven. Here they are talking about the earth. The whole earth is filled with God's glory. The band is going to play, and I just encourage you guys just to respond to the stirring in your heart. I encourage you guys to respond in ways that feel authentic to you. If you want to come to the front, you can come to the front. It's not a magic place, but it, there's an invitation here.